0: You're listening to The Green Thumbs Up, brought to you by MiniQuip Hire, WA's leading machinery hire company, supporting the Landscape Industries Association, WA. G'day landscapers, welcome to another episode of Green Thumbs Up, a podcast brought to you by MiniQuip, West Australia's premier earth-moving company. Joined with me today is Benno in the hot seat and we're interviewing Kieran from Open Gardens. G'day Kieran, how are you mate? G'day Nick, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright, alright, yeah, good. Just nice and nice and relaxed now, we've had a beer or two and I'm feeling pretty good, thanks mate. The afternoon's cool, the weather's gone. Yeah, beautiful outside tonight, isn't it? So, Great, fantastic. Yeah.
1: So, Kieran, how did you start out in horticulture? In horticulture? Well, I started out
2: as a 16-year-old, and if I did the maths right, that's probably about 43 years ago. But probably, if I go back probably three or four years before that, I started off with an interest in hand-watering neighbours' gardens, because back in those days, Ben, no-one had irrigation. So, they went on holidays, and the first thing you do is ring up the local kid in the area, and you come and hand-water my garden, while I'm away. So, that was
0: a paid job? You got... Yeah. Oh, that was an un.
2: Oh, no, you would have got paid. You would have yeah. got, you know, probably five bucks or something. 20, 20 cent bag of lollies <laughs> yeah, or whatever it was. Like that. Yeah. And, uh-huh. yeah, you were down at the neighbour's place while they were on vacation and uh, there were hand watering. And of course, when they came back, if it was dead, well, you probably didn't get any money, Nick. <laughs> no, it was no, like true. green and lush and they uh, got their water bill, they are probably
0: going, God, I'm still not paying him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting to think back that they're, you know, I mean, irrigation's probably something that happened 60s, 70s, 80s, and now, you know, I, I mean, we wouldn't do a garden without, no. you know, automated retick. Yeah, so... so, so that, would have been,
2: that would have been back in the, uh, uh, let me see, back in the early 70s where, like, like you're saying, irrigation probably, it was around for the commercial areas, but as a domestic garden, you, you probably wouldn't have had it. You would have had the old the old tractor sprinkler that would have uh, mm-hmm. followed the hose around the garden yeah. or you would have been out there you know, changing the knocker sprinkler around on the front lawn
1: so the bore and those big metal 360 sprinklers was a uh, sort of a novelty back then even
2: oh ah, yeah certainly yeah bores mm-hmm. went went uh yeah domestic bores certainly went around and uh, as i'm saying even off your um, scheme water you you wouldn't wouldn't have had Yeah, re-tick as such—that's for sure. Well, that's a car as we know it today.
0: Phone and phone, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, carton down for Kieran—that's pretty good because we we run on a shoestring here. (laughs) So uh, we are out of wearing a sponsored uh, (laughs) uh, 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 gauge road shirt. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk gauge roads (laughs) up actually. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks Well, anytime they want to drop a few single things off, come on down. Please sponsor the podcast. Thanks. So obviously watering people's gardens, and you what you had an obviously interest. You started looking around and seeing what was in the gardens. Is that uh, how it
2: started? Yeah, well, or? it was a, a case of watering the gardens. But then I suppose I left school at uh, year ten. Funnily enough, I, I started an apprenticeship in catering and in, in cooking that lasted
0: uh, three hours. Is that, a, is that long enough to cook a chicken, maybe? Uh, or, well, one, uh, <laughs> what did you get? Did you cook anything? Well, that? funny you say the chicken, Nick,
2: because uh, what actually happened, I did learn how to actually cut a chicken. So uh, <laughs> I did learn that. But There's a right way and a wrong the, way. The three-hour cooking uh, thing was good. I started off in the morning and by 11 o'clock the, the, uh, the chap said, well, you can go home now but you've got to come back at 6 o'clock. And I said, no, oh, I don't think so. So it. anyhow, I ended up back at school for year 11 and then back in those days really uh, jobs were a plenty Horticulture came along, I thought, yeah, that sounds okay, I can be outside, you know, and I was an outside person, so sounds I good took that along and I did an apprenticeship at Charlie Garden Hospital, which is the QE2 hospital as you probably know it today. Yep, yep.
0: And so you worked there, did your apprenticeship, and how did, how, how did it evolve from I there, did an
2: apprenticeship there, it was a four-year apprenticeship, we had, at the time, in the garden staff, that's when state governments actually employed people for apprentices, where it's probably yep. a bit... Uh, now that everything's outsourced, they don't tend to take on apprentices, but at Charlie Gardener's at the time, there would have been four apprentice gardeners. there was probably five or six apprentice plumbers, there would have been the same electricians, carpenters, chefs they had probably about fifteen apprentices because yep. it was you know feeding the whole hospital. but the engineering department was a bigger a bigger apprentice employer that's for sure
0: so and the, I guess you worked on the grounds around the hospital because I mean, my wife works at King Eddie, and obviously not far and some of the the gardens are still obviously around but they've been taken up by new hospitals, new wings, you know, lots of...
2: Well, when I was there at Charlie's in the uh, late 70s, we would have had a garden staff of probably 10. Yeah. And if you went past... Charlie Gardener's today, you'd see that most of it's taken up by buildings. We yeah. had...
0: There's still a we, little bit, as you go, I think down like yeah, Onslow and yeah, um, yeah. there's a the You've got the lake and, area yeah, there, yeah. but that was, you know, if you take
2: away probably uh, four of those buildings on the lake, yep. you know, we had the whole lake. We would have had probably a thousand roses in two rose gardens. Yep. So I was under the stewardship of a, an Italian gardener who was, you know, pretty pretty strict in what he did. He certainly didn't muck around too much and he was an avid rose grower so we would win in the Rose Society,
0: we would win shields and bowls and uh, roses but we had a thousand to pick from. So is that, you know, obviously everyone's, you know, horticulture is such a broad, vast, there's so many things that are involved. Was roses your thing or did it, did it start with roses and move on or you never liked roses? I mean, some uh, people...
2: Well, I spent a lot of time in the rose garden and if you ask my wife, she's got two roses at home because I won't plant any. Not that I don't like roses, yep. but I'm a stickler. If it doesn't fit the garden, I won't put it in. If it doesn't get enough sun, I won't put it in. So she's only got two roses that struggle with at the moment, but I probably should do something about that.
0: Yeah. So w- what's your love of horticulture? Like where, where did... You know, oh, my group being
2: yeah my my work history after that after I finished my apprenticeship I had a, a mowing round and a garden round so i started off myself and my own business at at 20 yep started off with the little mowing and garden maintenance um, I then moved into running uh, uh my another business uh kelly's horticultural which I've still got a tag somewhere but I was mainly involved in relocation of large trees and, and palms and things like that. So during the, uh, the 80s period, 80s and 90s where you know, I was doing that, and now I work for a um, firm called Hort Plan. I've yep. been with them for about 17 years now. So we run a design, construct and maintenance business and yep. a, a little nursery in Guildford. Yeah, so concerned.
0: it is still you've still got the
2: nursery. We have a, uh, a little retail nursery there. Mike and Kim Noonan are the proprietors uh, of that. Yep. Uh, I've known Mike and Kim for probably 30 or 35
0: years, and I've worked them for probably 17 now. Yeah, okay, because I've, I've got a mate that I think worked for Hawk yeah. years and years ago. Like, probably even I've been doing this for probably 20 odd years, and he he was working back then. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Mike and Kim
2: have been in the industry. Mike started out at Kings Park, oh. he did his time at Kings Park, and, and Kim, who does most of the design work. Yeah, She was uh, the first female gardener at St. George's, uh, not St. George's, at Guildford Grammar. Yep. And then Mike ended up at uh, St. George's College for a while. They lived in the little house down the front there. Yeah, okay. um, So they've been
1: in in horticulture for a a a
2: long long time. time Yeah.
1: Yeah. And how'd you get involved with um, Open Gardens WA? Ah, good question, Ben. How I got involved, there was an
2: ad in the paper, not an ad, there was an article in the paper by Sabrina Hahn saying that... There was going to be a meeting in Peppermint Grove Library for anyone that's interested in Open Gardens WA, and I thought, ah, well, you know, I've been in horticulture for a while. I'll go along and 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 have a listen, as you do. And uh, at the end of the meeting, unfortunately, oh uh, no, not unfortunately, because um, you don't do it if you don't want to. I put my hand up and said, oh yeah, well, I'll I'll go on the committee. La- last You're man all. standing. <laughs> oh no, well, there's a, there's a few people. We ended up getting a committee. Uh, probably six or seven people who were keen to get it going, and I must admit it was driven by the, uh, the I'm just trying to think, the, the Cottage Garden Circle, which is a, a fairly big gardening club Yep, based out of South Perth. Or yeah, been there meetings. once. Yeah, at South Perth. So they, they, through their group, they had some eager pe- eager members there wanting to get open gardens back up and running again.
0: So they held the meeting and, and,
2: and you yeah, know, the rest is... Uh,
0: so, so what is it? What is, what is Open Gardens WA like? Well, what open, you
2: Open Gardens is as our motto says, it's bringing people and gardens together. And uh, what we what we endeavour to do is uh, open private gardens to the public and to our members, and giving people of Perth a, a look beyond the gate, I suppose, into someone else's garden and uh, and having a look around and seeing
0: what other people are doing. Yep, and so. Do you actively seek out gardens or how, how do you go about... I mean, word of mouth obviously is one way of... But, I mean, how, how, do, how do these gardens... How do they we, come to your attention?
2: We're lucky enough to have a network of keen gardeners who know a lot of, lot of gardeners around the place. Yep. And I think at the moment you'd say most of our gardens are probably enthusiastic gardeners. We, we haven't really hit the professional garden people yet. So it's it's probably word of mouth is probably the best way. It's people who know that there's a garden down the street, that these people may be interested in opening. You know, you knock on the door and, you know, nice garden. How would you like to have 200 people walk through it on a weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure, but, you yeah. uh, know, yeah, we, we might give it a go. Yeah, I so guess it's, it's quite daunting things. for some people,
0: but some people then, you know, obviously would love to show off their gardens. Oh, I well. love
2: some some people, you know, most people, anyone who does open it loves it. And yeah. Yeah, you know, we're all gardeners here and one thing about gardeners is that they're happy to share their garden successes and also their garden failures so it's a, it's a good way for people in in Perth to actually have a look and see what is is growing around the place what might be growing down the road from your place I mean we know we can all open up the, the glossy magazines and the and the books that come from all around the world and you go wouldn't that be lovely but Sometimes it's practically not going to happen. So to, to peek beyond someone's gate and see what they're doing is probably the
1: best lesson that people who aren't gardeners can, can actually can, learn can from. Get, yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. professionals can learn something from amateurs because it's a different way of thinking and they're not so bound by strict design rules and you know, what they see in magazines or that sort of thing. Oh,
2: that's true, Ben, because uh, you know, people, gardeners, you know, gardeners try anything. We all try to grow something mm-hmm. that we can't grow. Because there's a success if you can do it, but also a lot of people don't have a rule book where you'll find uh, people who aren't so much gardeners, but like looking at a garden it's, it's an extension of the indoors or all the you know the, the home decorating which you know, yes, they are gardens,
0: but they're not probably true gardens, if you know what I mean. but and that's I guess uh, you know talking outside before there's there's obviously a trend on the, I don't even think it's probably more of a movement. There's a lot of people involved in indoor gardens at the moment and for example i got given a plant before christmas and allegedly retail for 800 something dollars and the uh, nursery that gave it to me said that these plants are in such demand that they could probably name their price there is a there is a big focus and there's getting you know a lot of people are getting involved do you see the demographic changing with with gardeners and gardening at the moment or is it still still not i think the
2: indoor garden movement hopefully that will you know, drag people outside because after all there is no such thing, such thing as an indoor plant per se. No, no yeah. that's true. They, they get dragged inside and get looked after, that's correct. But, you know, outdoor gardening I think, uh, you yeah, know, that's the thing that, you know, really shows the true gardener who doesn't mind getting his hand, you know, getting their hands B- dirty. A
1: bit like Test cricket versus One Day cricket, hey? Oh, no, no, yeah,
2: that's yeah. right. There's no comparison. Hundred <laughs> percent, nothing better than sitting <laughs> yeah. on, uh, on the couch for five days watching a draw, mate, <laughs> <laughs> to the last ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. But yeah, look. Hopefully, uh, the indoor garden people come outside and do a bit. But look, saying that the indoor gardens, I mean, houses are getting smaller. Yep. People are living in apartments. I think anyone who who wants to be uh, uh, active in gardening or having a bit of green green life around them? I mean, or, or, or to them. I mean, the more the more they do, the more it helps all the other industries: the nursery industry, landscape industry.
0: Yeah, it, it can only be good. Yeah, no, definitely Absolutely. more people involved. Yeah, yeah, we need to yeah.
2: green
1: up all areas,
0: not yeah. just outside. Oh, that's
2: exactly right. And it's, um, it's good to see that people are moving. And you know, I mean, we've all heard it before, but the, certainly the, the COVID time, as they tell us, and I think uh, if you're in the industry, you're actually seeing it, that uh, there are people who are actually moving out and, and appreciating the outdoors and knowing that, oh, well, I can't go somewhere. I might spend a little bit more on my garden and uh, have my own little paradise in the backyard. Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> I think that,
0: working from home and you know those types of those, those buzzwords that we started to hear when it, the COVID first kicked off have been true and a lot of people are focusing on where they live they want their own little paradise so I think hopefully you will see more and more you know gardens and people out gardening as well, well I must so admit I'd rather be gardening than painting <laughs> yeah Oh, bloody hell. And, and
1: Kieran, how, how can landscapers get involved or is that more a thing when you guys are sort of ready you'll approach the industry? And
2: No, Ben, we'll, well, well, you know, I mean, certainly uh, we're working on approaching the professional landscape industry people. But look, it it certainly, it, it'll work when you've got landscapers who've got good relationship with their, with their clients because, as I said earlier, I mean, it's pretty hard to find someone who wants to have, you know a couple of hundred people walk through their properties it, is. it it can be daunting and i know that people who whose gardens that we do open to the public i mean they spend months beforehand yeah, it's well, not it's not you just ring them up one week these gardens are locked in you know probably a year out and you know 6 months out they're they're out there preparing their garden because we all have a have a bit of pride if you're showing something off oh, you're gonna you oh you going to you certainly huh? don't yeah. want you know well you know you don't want people going oh, yeah well that's pretty average sort of thing but, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, I know gardeners can see through things and it doesn't have to be perfect because cause we can see the seasons change. You, you know, if, you, if you're not, you know, your garden might be spectacular in summer and not so good in winter.
0: But, yeah. uh, or a heat wave comes and, yeah. you know, hits it back yeah. a little bit, you know. But Absolutely. A week all later all it might look amazing, you yeah. know, and so. we had
2: one garden last, uh, two years ago up in York where it was, uh, I think they had about six or 700 roses. So the, the garden was roses. And of course, every year that the weekend they picked, everything's in bloom. Yep. This particular, particular year, it two weeks after the event, everything was in bloom. So we had nothing in bloom really while we we're there. So, uh-huh. you know. Oh, it's a good people, story, though. Yeah, but people <laughs> go up and they, and they can see it. They yeah. can see the potential of what it was going to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been nice for everything to be in bloom, but, you know, it didn't happen.
1: If landscapers do get involved in the future, would you guys provide another, like, Area where there could be competition gardens, and would that be something that open gardens would be interested? Well, in doing
2: that's something that we have talked about um, because we are trying to promote it, and we are trying to get gardens. We're actually, you know, looking at some of the societies to mm-hmm. to, to nominate some of their gardens, the horticultural society, the different ones. So we're looking for that, and that certainly is one thing that we're looking at, Ben, because we do need. You know, sometimes you need to have an incentive for you know, f- to for people to come in and offer their garden or or just get context yeah, yeah. and that's what we're looking and at. And nothing you know? like a
1: bit of competition I've heard in like strata complexes it can get a bit narky between different grannies as to who's got the best rose garden to the point where yeah.
2: Oh look I think I you know I think if you went through country t- we have a, you know the best country town competition with different different councils but certainly you don't think we've had too many garden of the year you know besides I mean Gardening Australia around one yeah, you know, a few years, but that's a national one, but certainly yeah. a state one, it would be fantastic. And if we can get, you know, I know they have all the landscape awards and things like that, and that's pretty similar, but something for just the general gardener to, to show off their garden.
0: And like I said, everyone's proud of, proud of their own. Oh, it's amazing to see see what people, you know, how much time and effort they put into these gardens. And I think we were saying before, when I grew up, we just seem to spend so much more time in the garden and it doesn't seem to be as popular. But I think there's still a lot of, lot of people out there that are, are putting in the hard yards and it'd be great to see more and more of them. Yeah, I think that's, that's right, Nick.
2: I, I think every year there's probably, there's, there's always a percentage of people who love gardening and there's always new ones coming into it and I don't think it'll have fade. it will uh, fade. I think it's still the world's
0: greatest hobby, so...
2: Oh. Well, the most popular hobby, so... Um, it's well, anyone, anyone you can, do can do it. Anyone can do it. Can right. do it you yeah. Know? Yeah. And especially
0: something living hard. here, Perth, you've got the sun, it's beautiful. I mean, you know, it's yeah. amazing just getting home and being outside every day. I love it. And, and if um, you make a mistake, you can always try again.
2: Uh, well, there's nothing like mistakes. You yeah. can only get better. But with open gardens, like I said, our motto is bringing people and gardens together, and that's what we try to do is just get people along to have a look, see that, oh, well, if they can grow mm-hmm. that down the street, why can't
1: I? And if you become a member of Open Gardens, um, what does that involve? Well,
2: look, our membership is $30 at the moment, so it's you know, a nominal fee really. And we've got probably, uh, I think on the last count, it was about 240, 250 members. So we're increasing our membership. And what that will give you, Ben, is more and more you know, with trying to find people to open their gardens, a lot of people are happy to have 20, 30, 40, 50 people come through. So we'll offer that as a members event. Yeah, so you get that members' event. You know, there's a bit of a newsletter when we can get around to doing it, but we're we're trying a bit harder and harder to do that sort. So we're still in a bit of an infancy with offering the members, you know, more and more things. But yeah. mainly, the member will get a reduction at the uh, the
1: door. Is it only members that can win the lucky door prize? Uh, no, anyone can win the lucky door
2: prize, but it's a reduction in the price to get there.
1: But it's really, it's the membership fee
2: is something that's keeping keeping the organizer organisation running, yep. as we, even though we're, we're not for profit, you still need some monies to, to, to keep the whole thing rolling. Oh, definitely. Um, and, you know, we, uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's probably the, the members' events that are an exclusive event for members only, so you have the opportunity to, to maybe, you know, pop along and have a look at a, a garden with only, you know, 40 or 50 people.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And you've obviously seen a lot of gardens throughout Perth and even out in the wheat belt country, WA. Do you have a favourite? Oh, look, I is love that, it. Is, oh, that, is
2: that, is that? I, I think all gardens are my favourite. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But, oh, look, we had one uh, last year, Ross Burnett, up in uh, just opposite John Forest National Park. And uh, people may have seen his garden on Gardening Australia, but certainly the, the TV show didn't do it. Wow. All the justice, because once you were there, it was fantastic. Amazing, and, yeah. and And Ross has got a nice little garden. It's a mixture of dry planting and... And some irrigated stuff, but he he's got a little straw bale house which was fantastic. And it was a warm day the day we were there, and we walked inside and you could feel the temperature. So the temperature dropped, but yeah, it was just a nice, it was a no- really Good nice garden. To it, and yeah. and he was really growing on almost no soil. So, yep. but you know, plant plant selection, rock work, things that he's done. But we've had many nice gardens. We've had gardens out at Wanneroo, We've had gardens in up in. And Jinjin uh, Jin and that I mean just been fantastic. And there's there's a a, a great number of gardens that you will just never get to see if you if you don't pop along to some of these events. And I'm sure there's plenty more out there, hidden gems well, that,
1: that we need to seek out. What about that one in up that, that someone was keeping to themselves?
2: Oh well, that's still got a long <laughs> long way to go yet. It's, um, any chance of getting that on Open
1: Gardens? Ah, uh, it'll be probably two or three years down the track. Maybe. Yeah, well, that thing <laughs> was amazing. I think they had, like, artefacts from Europe and things yeah, like well, that.
2: Yeah, well, we are working on trying to, to get into one of those, uh, get into that, but uh, we'll see. I just wonder how many yeah. of those sort
1: of gardens are, are hiding
2: around Perth. Well, I think, you yeah, I mean, our Open Gardens event this weekend, which is a members get-together... And a talk by John Visca from the Historical Garden Society, but down, that's around Oakford. But there's a number of gardens down there in these other areas in Wanroo where people have got two or three acres. For you know, there's some really nice gardens up in those ways, and they're not designed by designers. They're they're done by people who have just got a, a love of gardening, and sometimes you know they're the gardens that you you get most inspiration from.
0: That's the thing. I mean, it's I mean, getting to see these gardens is probably, probably one of the best things, but probably meeting the people that have. That have been working in them for the last 10 years, 15, you know, however long it takes to create, you know, you know one of these gardens. It's probably one of the best parts of, of going to see them as well.
2: Well, it is, Nick, and as I said earlier, you know, gardeners are happy to share their successes and, and share their failures. And,
0: I mean, you know, they're out there gardening all day, but they also love talking so how do we how do we I mean we won't keep it for too much longer, but how do people you know people that listen to the podcast how do they get involved and and where can they where can they find out a bit more about it? Well, they can go
2: onto our website which is OpenGardensWA, w a and that's got links to uh, uh, different things so you can if you want to become a member, you can click on the members' event yep uh, you can click on uh, upcoming events and uh, most of the information is – yeah, like everything these days is on yeah. on the, on the and web. How,
0: and how many events do you run a year? Just you know oh. over, overload people? I guess you want to keep them. Look, we we have,
2: yeah, we don't really have a number, Nick. It's a matter of of you know how many we can actually get. We're aiming at maybe twenty gardens a year, which yeah. is a, which is a, a big number. Oh, it's a good yeah. But unfortunately, what we're going through now with COVID and a few other bits and pieces, we've had four gardens just pull out in the last couple of weeks. So it's tough times at the moment uh, for everyone but certainly trying to open gardens and having uh, public events we just don't know what goes on at the moment so but we're looking you know we're we're probably looking at having a, probably quite a few more gar- members events as opposed to open gardens because yeah, so we, we can the control the numbers, let the we can control know. Them, yeah, yeah we can yeah. control the member events we know how many people are going to come and and hopefully we'll have a lot more um, garden owners that might be uh, sympathetic to that and go look i'm happy to have 20 i'm happy to have 30 yep. you know bring them in come in you know have a walk around if we can get a guest speaker that just adds something else to it but as you said earlier probably the best speaker is the actual garden owner
0: yeah definitely absolutely yeah well uh, honestly it's been great to hear your story and uh, thanks for coming in today thanks nick cheers thank, thank you cheers, so much karen. karen
1: thank you okay
0: You've been listening to the Green Thumbs Up, brought to you by the Landscape Industries Association, WA, sponsored by Miniquip Hire.